I have complete faith in Magic Johnson in terms of his ability um, to be a leader, to know how to you put believe in magic in the Laker girl's heart. Depreciating that sense and no Pelican star and it's magic. And no Funko Y, just the Angelo now a fucking stud. Promise me rings, but when I look around, instead of shooters, I see rookies and rub You're listening to your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast with David and Kane. Kane! LA crime! Backstabbing on the rise! King's Landing's on fire! No dragons, just snakes! Oh, and there's playoffs. So Magic Johnson dropped a bombshell. Yeah, forget the, the playoffs. Forget the playoffs. No, who the, who the cares La- about the Lakers playoffs? are much more interesting. The Lakers always find a way to make the news, whether it's winning, the, uh, basically going in the lottery with the, the 11th best odds all the way to the fourth, uh, you know, getting the fourth pick. Um, and then Magic Johnson, the day of Frank Vogel's introductory press conference, uh, goes on first take on ESPN and uh, just just goes all, just tells everything that happened, uh, you know, with him quitting. Um, I just want to say at first I listened to it and I thought it was a really candid interview between those, you know, the three guys, Max, Stephen A and Magic. But the more I thought about it, Uh-oh. and this Here is it my like conspiracy theory side, but I just feel that not the scheduling, the scheduling may be, you know, just a coincidence. Um, but I think he had an agenda to, you know, coming on and saying what he said. Wait, wait, wait. You had to think about that? Obviously, this was scheduled. I mean... No, I don't... Okay, I mean, obviously, Stephen A has has an agenda too because he has to validate Stephen... What, uh, Stephen A has to validate what Magic said because it gives credibility to the interview. If, yeah. he just, if he just came out afterwards and said, oh, that was all BS, I don't believe Magic, it kind of undermines the whole, you know, getting Magic and doing the interview. So they have to, they have to say, like, whatever Magic said is the truth, tech, basically. I think the timing was a coincidence. Oh no! Oh, oh! What boy. magic just had a like a? How would they know what day the press conference was was gonna be? Of course they knew. It was announced. They must have known. But Frank Vogel's only hired like a week. So you're saying like within the week, Stephen A reached out to uh, Magic or vice versa and said, "I want to come on first take." It would probably have been Magic reaching out. I mean, within the week, within the week, and saying like just clearing his schedule and coming coming in. Oh yeah, of course. You clear okay. whatever schedule. First of all, but if he's saying, "Hey, I'm going to go on there and I'm going to talk about Lakers and tell you what what actually happened." Yeah. Of course you you clear it. And I yeah. would suspect that Magic, I mean Magic's still talking to um to Genie Bus. In fact, Rob Palenka said that he talked to Magic literally like 2 days ago. He yeah. probably told Magic like when this press conference was was going to happen. That's true. I mean, of, of course, Magic knew the press conference was happening. Maybe, you know, because there was a week between Frank Vogel getting hired and then the press conference being scheduled. I am inclined to believe you. I don't think it matters. So I think it's inconsequential. Like, it doesn't matter if it's coincidence or if it was intentional. The point, I, I think what Magic was trying to get at on this thing was more destructive than just Frank, like, you know, just fucking over Frank Vogel or, you know, or, you know fucking up the press conference. There was more at stake that magic was trying to uh trying to do 
Who's Frank Vogel? I mean, yeah. he was just swept aside. Oh, I mean, that was so... I mean, literally, Falinka uh, <laughs> was saying, oh, we're happy to get coach. He's going to, you know, install his system. We're going to play good defense. Uh, over to you, Frank. And then Frank said his little spiel. And then it's like, any questions? Magic, magic, and magic. first question straight away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you hear magic? Did you hear what magic said? Yeah. And then it was just the next minute, like next whatever, like just talking about magic, Johnson. How do you feel about being the third choice? <laughs> oh, that was that was ballsy. Poor Frank. And like, uh, there was a there was a video I saw. It just zoomed in on, <laughs> on uh, Frank Vogel's reactions every time they were talking. Oh. Like, oh, you know, you know that you weren't the first choice or the second choice. He's a good coach, but he doesn't. He does. It, this is Plinka versus Magic, really. Exactly. This is much bigger than Frank Vogel. Has this changed your opinion of Magic War? Palenka. I'll say uh, the first thing I said to you, I think, was like, "Wow, like magic going on first take, saying saying it all out out loud uh, for the world on national TV was very was very telling." Because initially, when he when he quit, he mentioned backstabbing, and really, the only two people that could have backstabbed him were Genie Boss or Rapalinka. I think there was a little bit of betrayal on both sides, what Magic was saying. Um, Palinka obviously made a note and really evident that Magic wasn't in, in the office or around the, the the team much. He had his own businesses, he has his own side stuff. And really the president gig, as he admitted on first take, was a side gig itself. Because initially when he took the job, he was saying, look, I make a lot more money with my other businesses. This is just because I respect you. I love you like a sister. And I love the Lakers. I love this, you know, I love this uh, basketball organization and I want to help them. But I want all the power. He yeah, basically said, right. I don't want to put in all the work, but I want all the power. Yeah. Oh my and God. from day one, without even spending as much time as Palinka or other, you know, coaches or stuff on the, uh, within an organization, he, he wanted to look out. He said again and again that the camel, that was the straw that broke the camel, whatever it is, was him not being able to fire Luke when he wanted to. And obviously, from day one, or pretty much from uh, after the first season, he wanted Luke out. He did, not, he did not want Luke out because he wanted to install his own coach. He wanted to bring his own coach. And that's... Fair enough. That's fair enough. But also not fair enough because Luke, in all accounts, is a pretty good coach and he never got a fair shake under Magic. And Magic always undermined him, whether he came in after whatever and then straight away lambasted Luke Walton, after like a losing streak, remember? Um, just went all out, went, you know, full rage at Luke Walton. And then maybe people around the organization, Palinka included, and Jeannie Boss saw this and they were shook by the confrontation. And they thought maybe, hey, Magic is not even around the office much. Why is he grilling Luke Walton when Luke Walton's in every day working very hard and Magic just comes in from his, you know, vacation or wherever he was and and, and starts grilling um, Luke Walton. That doesn't seem fair. Not only did he throw Palenka under the bus, yep. but he threw Luke under the bus. He even threw Genie, Genie under, the, under bus. the bus. Yeah, totally. It was scorched earth. And even yeah. um, the other guy, some Tim guy or... Yeah. Um, but it was Basically, everyone. St- stay in your lane, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Stay in your lane. This is what Magic had to say about Genie bus. Quote, she can't be emotionally tied to guys. She yeah. loves Luke as a man, yeah. not because he's a great coach, but as yeah. a man. Yeah. 
What's going? Uh, what is going on between Jeannie and her son? I'll just say I think we both agree. Jeannie Boss really is to blame for all. Like at the end of the day, it's Jeannie Boss's fault. It's Jeannie Boss that fault that she hired Magic in the first place. That she felt that they needed a president of basketball operations to guide everything, and she wanted Magic. Also, it was her fault that she hired Rob Palinka, who was an agent to Kobe Bryant, so they had that kind of close connection um, as GM. These two guys that have never held those positions uh, suddenly got a lot of power within the organization. And when you have these two guys that you know suddenly have a lot of power and ego, they clash because they both want to show the control, show the you know the will on the team. They want to plant their sort of you know decision making on the team, and they can't both have it. You know, they can't both have it. So Jeannie really is to blame, and. Yeah, it stems from her emotional attachment, sometimes just irrational emotional attachment to guys. Whether it's involving her friend Linda Rambis, oh yeah, okay. who has no basketball on, like except being married to a you know a former basketball player slash coach. Yeah, um, she has no expertise in the matter, but she has asked, has consulted, and and relied on her opinions at times. Kurt Rambis, who's a failed head coach in the league has a really, um, you know, big influence on Jeannie. Obviously, we have Rob Polinka, who she trusts a lot, Kobe Bryant, who, you know, she has she, she said on multiple times, uh, really, you know, really, really likes him and really, really um, respects him. And obviously, the, this was a Tim guy who's the, uh, I don't know, the CEO or something like that of business operations. Um, when they wanted to file Luke, he was brought in and and told like, "Hey, Magic, sleep on it." And then when Magic slept on it, said like, "No, I still want to fire Luke." Then uh, Tim came in and said like, "Oh, I don't think that's a good idea." And then Magic's like, "Hey, what's happening here?" I thought yeah. I had full, con- I had final say. So Genie really is kind of saying one thing, but doesn't have the guts to do another thing because she's kind of listening to all these people and all these people are saying things. And I think that's what Magic was saying. And I think that's true. There was a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Everyone wanted to cook it a certain way, but you can't all, you can't all have it your way. At the end of the day, the organization needs to rely on the person at the top. And that was Magic. That was actually Magic's job to make that final decision. Whether he went around that job the right way or not, that's disputable. I think he did it, but it doesn't matter. He had the power. He was given that authority to make those final decisions on the coach, on the plays, uh, on the talent. Uh, it doesn't matter. That that was his job. And the fact that Jeannie kind of undermined him with, you know, saying like, oh, you know, this person doesn't think so, this person doesn't think so. Who are these other people? Yeah, Magic was right. Magic only has to answer to Jeannie. But it seemed like Jeannie wasn't always in his corner. But what's strange is that on one hand, Magic says, Jeannie's my sister. I love her. I love her. On the other hand, he bails up. He he bails on her and the yeah. organization in an impromptu press conference. Yeah. Now he drops this bomb and basically reveals all this back backstabbing and behind yeah. the scenes about the Laker organization. Surely Genie is not happy about Magic going on first take doing this interview. How can I just don't understand? How can they have, still have a good relationship despite all this? Yeah, I mean, like remember they had dinner like maybe a week after he quit, mm. which is a bit kind of strange because if you were backstabbed and you were undermined in your position and not given what you were promised when you originally signed on, why would you then kind of have dinner with that person and be all chummy, right? 
And maybe that was fine. She accepted that. But now with this interview, I just feel like these things are not helping Jeannie. Which is not to say that it's not her fault. It's probably is her fault. It is her fault at the end of the but day. But these things are making her job even more difficult now. Well, yeah, that's why I kind of don't trust Magic still because if they were on good terms or after he, he said, like after I, I kind of got over it the day I left the organization and then they had dinner later and then, yeah, maybe they kind of, you know, bygones speak bygones, water under the bridge, everything's cool. Um, you said some things, I said some things, um, whatever. I, I'm out of the position now. I'm all for the late. He's said multiple times that he still loves Genie. He still loves his organization. He'll do whatever it takes but I don't believe that because if you do believe, if you do believe Magic saying he loves this organization, why would he go and first take and talk about the Lakers organization and talk about the dysfunction behind everything? Like, what do you, what does, how does that help the Lakers? To me, it doesn't. It doesn't. It only helps Magic and I think his agenda, his hidden agenda. Which could be ultimately to own the yes, Lakers yes, and force the sale of the of the Lakers. I agree. That's that's it. Because uh, Stephen A. also asked, "Hey, do you think um if there was a if do you think Genie should sell the team?" And Magic was like, "No, I you know I think Genie's a great owner and everything. But if she ever was uh if she ever was you know thinking about it, I'll be the first to line up and you know put my hand up for the." So who's the backstabber here? Is it Rob Palenka or is this Magic? I mean, it feels like Magic is planting the seeds. Yes, he's totally planting the seeds. He's trying to lessen the legacy of the Lakers. He's trying to hurt them by not being able to attract free agents because everyone will think, everyone knows that the organization is dysfunctional. Um, even the coach, when he gets hired, is totally undermined as soon as he gets the job. Um, how can you? How can you function and work in that environment, right? That's so toxic and poisonous. I think Palenka is. I mean, everyone said to Magic, and a lot of sources have said beyond, like, you know, Woj has heard this and other people have heard this. Palenka does kind of play the game. I think he does play the game. And a lot of GMs around the league have also said anonymously that they don't trust Palenka. They don't think, they don't, uh, I don't know if respects the word, but they don't think he's a trustworthy kind of guy. Well, Magic literally said in the interview that agents warned him about Palenka. Yeah, yeah that this guy is not trustworthy, that he will betray you. That is extremely candid. More candid than it's probably kosher in terms of business practice, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's something that you don't necessarily reveal to the yeah. world. Part of me thinks that Magic, once he starts talking, he naturally just like just spills his guts. Yeah. So I don't know how much of this is, was pre-planned. I don't think like Magic had like a script, you know, had talking points that he wanted like you know, hit, and he was practicing. I mean, it was very polished. Like the questions, the way he hit, they hit every point in the tight 45 minutes. Okay. It was a very polished uh, question answer kind of thing. Right, right. It was up Magic's alley so much because it, it was candid. It was extremely candid and professional, but also casual enough where he was able to joke around and do all that kind of stuff to kind of ease, ease the tension. Because the questioning was harsh, but I think they were kind of pre-approved. His responses was way more harsher than the actual questions. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what do you think about Palenka? Palenka, one, is a backstabber. Two, he cannot be trusted. All the agents hate him. No, I just mean the fact that like they didn't even try to you know, ease him into the interview. They went straight into it because they had the 45 minutes and they wanted to address all these topics. 
you do you straight away. Hey, what happened, Magic? Why did you quit? And he goes straight away. Oh, there was backstabbing. You know, there was this, there was that. He went into it straight away. I don't think that if, you know, if he was just coming in for chit chat, he probably wouldn't be happy to talk about this if he wanted to keep it professional. No, he came on because he wanted to talk about Polinka in this fashion, talk about the Lakers, talk about Genie Bus and every everything that kind of led to him leaving. It was, I think, it was quite set up. I think it was all kind of pre-planned. The Palenka move was also just to deny that he was even aware of this, uh, this friction between him and Magic. Because yeah. in the actual interview, he was exactly. like, "What? I've never. Exactly. I didn't know this." That's why I don't. I love I don't trust, Irving. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't trust either yeah. Palenka or Magic. And also, um, who can we trust? I don't know here? if I mentioned this, but it's never great to just uh, draw a conclusion from a one-sided, you know, argument. You should, you should wait till the other shoe drops and Polinka is no position to talk about Magic or whatever because he's representing the Lakers right now. So you can't just talk candidly or freely like Magic Johnson is. But in, a, in effect, he already has because he says he's not He has, but this. we're kind of reading in between the lines. But what I found also interesting was Woj in Woj's report. He was quite critical. He was quite critical of Magic. And he said that the interview... He's on my side for sure. Well, he said that this was more of a reflection of Magic's failings, this interview, than it is an indictment of Palenka. Yeah. Which I thought was, I thought that was a bit harsh, actually. I think Woj hasn't been a fan of Magic ever since, like, for a while now, really. Mm, mm. He's talked about his failings, and, and Magic also admitted that he failed um, in building this team. Has been, at least on the side of anti-Magic for a while. Um, and his point was, you know, whatever Polanka said, everyone knew that already. He said that beyond just the the fact that everyone knows that Magic wasn't wasn't always around the team, that he didn't hear, he was not aware of any other bad mouthing of Magic around the league or from Polanka. So in other words, Polanka wasn't really spreading anything. And maybe you're right too that you know he doesn't report to Polanka, but. Yeah, he was this high. The fact that he was walking around the arena and um, bringing attention to it was what triggered Magic uh, to back, like, to think he was being backstabbed by Plinka specifically. And it seems that whatever it is, clearly this has hurt Magic a lot personally. He's personally offended. He's taking this personally now. Very, yeah. And the fact that he just quit that that really sums it up. Like, r- rarely in any profession do you just quit one like just walk out on your job it has to be quite serious for you to just walk out on the job and not even tell your boss that you know you're quitting maybe notice or whatever is is fine maybe this kind of goes away from that and it's not a traditional job obviously but the fact that you won't even tell your boss let alone someone that you love and genie boss speaks a lot to how yeah personal he took it and not just quit uh, abruptly, but then go on and uh, give an interview, public interview, yeah. evaluating the boss yeah. and the team. After, and the after like maybe a month away, he's had time to think about it and and relax and chill out, and still he comes on with this kind of scathing report on the the whole structure of the organization. Previously, he said that you know Magic probably might have done this because he botched the Davis trade. Um, and he thought that he couldn't convince anyone else to sign, and so he he sort of jumped ship before things got really bad. But I mean, from the sound of it, it's not. It's less about that and more about just his overall feel that he, he felt undermined 
and that he wasn't having fun. I mean, he constantly kept talking about how this wasn't fun anymore. Yeah, yeah. It was like a sacrifice for him and stuff like that. Which is kind of strange, right? I mean, you're obviously doing this job out of love, not because, for, not for the money. Yeah, he's not doing it for the money, for it's sure. It's more yeah. for legacy and your story and your I mean, narrative. this guy's worth a billion dollars um, just through his, like, obviously from his past glory and legacy, but also with his other businesses and investments. He's making a lot of money from that. Um, so he didn't have to kind of take on this responsibility, but he wanted to because he wanted to accept uh, Genie's proposition of being the face of the franchise and this rejuvenation of this franchise back to his glory days. And Magic Johnson was meant to be that, you know, that person to help bring them back to glory. Um, and Magic obviously saw the saw the you know headlines like, hey, Magic's doing this. Magic's bringing the Lakers back. Magic got LeBron. LeBron and Magic are doing this together. Blah blah. blah. Mag uh, Magic trades for Davis, uh, great steal for uh, for the Lakers, stupid, stupid Pelicans. They don't know what they're doing, kind of thing. He saw all these headlines, and then when he couldn't, he when he couldn't pull it off, and he kind of saw that his uh, reputation was starting to fall, and then he was being undermined at work, and he wasn't having fun. Uh, yeah, all these kind of factors contributed to him, I guess, just quitting and and quitting really just. In the middle of the press, because he said also he wanted to do this for three years. He wanted to do this for three years, and then he was ready to hand the reins to Polinka, who would eventually take his position. To me, I think once again, there's a bigger agenda to this, and Magic quitting really highlights that he's trying to avoid the long term, long term blame. Like when this Lakers team finally flames out, and LeBron is asked for a trade, and Magic is still there, Magic will obviously sink with the ship. But the fact that he quit early, jumped off the ship early, that blame now falls onto someone else, most likely Palinka, and Palinka will shoulder a, a lot of the blame. And I'll say this too: oh, Palinka doesn't care, though. I mean, why guy's... Palinka's position of power is important is because it affects Kobe's legacy. Kobe is the guy that vouched for Palinka. Kobe is the guy that, uh, in, in essence, is an extension of Palinka, and a stronger the position of Palinka within organization, it also means a stronger position for Kobe. Right, right. And obviously, Kobe has intentions probably of ownership too one day, of some sort of, at least of some sort of responsibility deep within the Lakers franchise. He wants, I think he wants that eventually. And if Magic, who also wants that power, like that full power, I think he is the snake and he's trying to undermine Kobe and Palinka by extension. He's oh trying to affect God. that. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. And by doing oh. this, and by doing this interview, he also affects LeBron's legacy because LeBron now entering his second season with the Lakers, he, you know, you need star free agents. You need guys that can surround LeBron and play to his strengths. If he, they can't get those guys it's going to basically mean another bad year for LeBron, uh, for the Lakers because LeBron can't do it by himself. Mm. Even if they make the playoffs, that's, that's not going to mean anything like with just LeBron and a bunch of these young guys. The fact that if LeBron fails again in his second season and asks for a trade or whatever, that's going to affect... Because LeBron's legacy is going to be heightened by winning on the Lakers. Mm. Lakers' brand is, you know, undisputable. When they're winning they make all the headlines. When they're losing, they make all the headlines stupid for all the wrong reasons. If LeBron doesn't win in, in LA, that's going to affect his legacy and it's going to affect his dollar value at the end of the day because he's probably not going to be seen as that kind of god in LA as much. This is probably the first time in LeBron's career where 
his personal storyline is being overshadowed by the team storyline. Because usually it revolves around LeBron. It usually it's about LeBron and LeBron versus the coach, LeBron and the players. Uh, and this is all about the Lakers. Yeah. And LeBron's just, well, I'm not even thinking about LeBron. I forgot he was even on the team. Yeah. I mean, that's another side of the story. Like, what's up with LeBron? Like, what does LeBron think about this? But you're right. It is probably the third most important storyline out of this whole saga. Ah, oh, super mosquito bit me on the... Why, why did you open the window? Why are, why are there mosquitoes? Yeah. I'm going to have to take a five-minute break. I have to... I have to are you serious? Deal. I have to deal with this. What do you think about Frank Bogo's um, press conference? I just I felt I felt so bad for the guy. I mean, it was so ridiculous. It, it felt like he was yeah, he was trying to act brave and you know, like undeterred by the the questioning and the criticism, I guess, of the franchise or you know the team that he signed on for. Because he represents the Lakers too now, and the fact that they're kind of shitting on the Lakers affects him negatively too. I mean, like, because he, he has no leverage at all, right? He was he was put in a bad position, though. To be fair, I feel bad because it was really awkward, and I think Palinka. That's why I feel sorry for Palinka too. He was a bit of a victim in this because, even though he's probably guilty of backstabbing or doing things, uh, unethically, um, this really was about vocal, and he kind of felt guilty that you know Magic's interview was impacting the you know the guy sitting next to him because he was feeling sorry for Vogel too you could see it like he kept trying to transition the question back to Vogel saying it's not about magic he was trying to be kind he was being, he was trying to be candid as much as he can to and trying to answer the questions by the media and trying to kind of diffuse that kind of intention this whole organization is kind of toxic right now and how can we expect Frank Vogel who's a coach but probably premature for him to get back in a, as a head coach probably should have been assistant coach for a bit how does he expect to hold ownership accountable, like you said? Like, he's in no position to do so. I was thinking, like, the only thing worse would have been if Jason Kidd was also at the press conference. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally standing behind Frank Vogel. Well, that's the thing. At least Jason, Kid, yeah, Jason Kidd has a little... Like, I I'm, I'm think Jason Kidd is happy he escaped this and not is not the head coach because Jason Kidd holds a lot more respect in the room than Frank Vogel does. I just don't understand. Like, Frank Vogel is literally... It's just a, a paid... It's like a cardboard cutout of like, yeah, yeah. you know, here's like the, the suited up coach that we parade around yeah, yeah. <laughs> for post-game, answering post-game questions. <laughs> in the locker room, he has no respect. Well, not that he has no respect. In the locker room, he has less clout than Jason Kidd. In the front office, he has no clout. It's not about him. I mean, you've got a, you've got a, a cold-blooded killer that pushed out magic. I mean, literally was the third choice. Oh my God, I feel so sorry when they asked that question. It's like literally uh, our first top two choices uh, rejected us. Well, how do you feel about that, Frank? And even Ma- even Magic went on and said that his ch- top choice was Tyler. Yeah. And they right. went to interview Tyler <laughs> and Tyler rejected them. See, oh, oh. <laughs> so I think really at the end of the day, everyone's at fault, but no one's more at fault than Genie because Genie is the one that kind of gave this whole chaos this whole circus life 
she's the one that made these decisions in the first place. Whether she had good intentions or not, or she had good advisors or good consultants, she's the one that put you know pen to paper and and signed those contracts to hire those those, those staff members in in their positions and give them the, the role their roles and responsibilities. And it didn't pay off, and it created all this you know fucked up shit. Really, it's her. It's really her to blame at the end of the day. Well, she's the one that defines the power structure. Yeah, she's the captain of the ship. Hmm. Mm. Which is it, which is a bit sad. I had high hopes for for Genie. I really thought that she was uh, she was a great owner, and mm. people around the league respect her. Mm. But she's really like fucked up this situation. Is I don't... she the only female owner in the league? No, Gail Benson. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Adam, Adam. <laughs> did you did you receive my a dry ice machine? <laughs> I want those envelopes to be rock hard. <laughs> oh, poor Gail Benson. Oh, by the way, it was revealed. I'm not sure who revealed it, but someone revealed that. I think it was magic. He said that the person that leaked the whole like David uh, Davis trade drama was Del Demps, not him. Hmm. But also, that's on magic. So he just <laughs> threw Del Demps under the bus too. <laughs> hey, it's me, and Del Demps. Call me back. Hey, it's Del Demps again. Just want to check if you need anything. Coach Gentry, where do you want exactly, to but regardless, that's that's on magic. Like you can't expect to, you know, go there for this trade and like, hey, Dell, this is just between us, okay? Just two GMs or you know, two executives. No, of course, of course, it's gonna spread it because you made this like you're you're trying to trade all your players. That's perfect, you know, to, uh, you know, to attempt to disorganize your team, right? <laughs> Of course, if he leaks it out, it's not. It's in his best interest because it affects the Lakers. So it's, hey, hey, I'm going to tell you a secret, Del Dems. Uh, don't tell anyone because it's going to really affect my job. Oh. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> poor Del Dems, that guy's never going to get a job. No, but I mean, yeah, sure, he he got fired, but that wasn't that wasn't on Del Dems not to tell. Like that's not his. He he had every right to tell, like to leak the news, basically. Uh, but apparently, he was super bitter about like. Yeah, like he didn't want, but I mean, and also Gail, Gail has also said uh, I don't know who said it, and and people have refuted it. But Gail has said that she's um, uh, what's the word like uh, never trade AD yeah, to never Lakers. trading AD to Lakers. It, she, that's a, like a strong stance. Yeah, that over her she, dead body, she's going to reject any trade or any trade proposals to Lakers over her dead body. Is that a verbatim? Yeah, that's verbatim. Oh. Well, she then denied saying, and that. then she died. Right, so. What's that? No, I'm kidding. No, no, whoa, 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 hey. <laughs> and then they, they did the trade. Yeah. <laughs> no, Just no, for the no, fourth no. pick. And... Um, no, she said that, yeah, she'll, she'll trade uh, 80 over her dead body, yeah. uh, which to me, actually, it's not a good reflection of the franchise. If I was Zion, it's like, is that the franchise you want to go? That's true. I still think the best trade is to the Lakers, I would say. It is to the Lakers, of course. Like I look at the, there's no one in this draft that's better than Lonzo Ball. There's no one, well, other than Zion, but Lonzo Ball, uh, Kuzma, Ingram. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I definitely think that package is the best, especially if, and they should include the fourth and, you know, multiple first rounders in the future. 
We talked about Jabari Parker last week. I mean, I checked it afterwards. This guy's like, he's like been bounced around like two or three times now. In general, there's only a handful of players per draft that contribute to your team. Contribute to a team. Star, let alone stars, there's only really one every three drafts that becomes like a star player, like a transcendent star franchise player. I feel like the Lakers can force the Pelicans' hand if they include, like you said, future first rounders and then the fourth pick of this draft as well. I think I think they have to. Like, what's the, what's the point hanging on to them if you can get Davis and pair them pair him with LeBron James? Um, I think that really sends a message that this is the path that they want to go. This is a win now team. And I think that will that will help, you know, maybe bring some free agents in. Whether that's maybe not the top free agents, but you'll get guys that can play around these guys and, and really help. But if they presented that package, I feel like the Pelicans couldn't refuse, right? Because if they refused, it would it would be a terrible reflection on that team. You never know. There are better options. There are possibly better trades out there still. Yes, Anthony Davis has made it publicly known he wants to go to LA. But what if Utah you know, puts in a trade package or, a th- you know, two teams put in, uh, it's like a three-team trade where two teams put in, uh, pull in the assets to trade for H- for, you know, one team to get AD, but, you know, sends a first round, a few first rounds to the other team, et cetera, et cetera. There's obviously different machinations of trades that can possibly happen that is a better package than the Lakers can offer. Enough of the Lakers. Are there playoff basketball right now? I, for- I forgot. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, is it still, is Warriors haven't won yet? Oh, surprise, surprise. The Warriors swept the uh, the Blazers. They actually have nine days rest now between Which is, their last game like and the finals. It's like fucking unfair. I just feel like it's unfair. It's depressing. So KD should be back. Andre Iguodala, yeah. give or take, because he's getting older now. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like every advantage is now with the Warriors. Well, they did everything. Like, think about the that series against the Blazers, because the Blazers fought hard but they just don't have enough guys to score when it really counts. And that includes Dame, because Dame really burnt out, I think. Um, they were up by 17, game two, game three, and game four. <laughs> Each of those games, they were up by 17 at some point. Um, and it, it didn't matter. The, the Warriors weathered the deficit every single game. And they won some games by a lot. Some games were close. Last game went to overtime or double overtime, I think. And Steph was just insane. Steph scored, I think, at least 35 or definitely over 30 each of those games. And every game since KD has uh, been out with injury, he's he's the prim- he's he's playing like the best point guard in hist- in NBA history. Yeah, and of course, it's Steph Curry. This is like, you know, double MVP, back-to-back MVP. Do you think he's the best point guard of all time? He hasn't put up the stats yet and he is hasn't he put up the accolades. I mean, his position is a point guard. Do you think he's the best point guard of all time? Because I think it's undisputed. Like, I'll say this. Michael Jordan's the best shooting guard, right? If not the best of all time. LeBron James is the best small forward of all time. Uh, Tim Duncan's the best power forward of all time. Uh, probably most people say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the best center of all time. These are kind of the most popular sort of choices. And you can give or t- you can add one or two extra players in those positions. But Steph, Steph's position has long time been Magic Johnson is the best point guard of all time. Do you think Steph is better than Magic Johnson? Uh, oh, jeez, I Because I think, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't around then. I wasn't alive. But a lot of people say Magic Johnson is the best point guard of all time. And it's not, it's, it's easy. Well, I think for the era, probably Magic had more impact than, than Steph, I would probably say. I mean, because they, they credit people like Magic and Bird as like really defining the NBA, right? In other words, if it weren't for those players, like we wouldn't even be talking about the NBA. So we owe a lot to those guys, especially because it was like LA and Boston, that whole, you know, city rivalry. 
at the time, Magic was, if you look at his old passes and his highlight videos, he was doing stuff that was just not, it was so unusual. And the fact that he was like seven foot. Yeah, the size the, the size of a center, basically. Yeah, yeah. And also, obviously... He's the, not seven foot, but yeah, he's pretty tall, like 6'8 or something. I think it's 6'7, 6'8. No, it's not 6'7. Let me just check no? this. This disrespect. He's the same height. As, he's shorter what? than LeBron. Why do you like, always have to put Magic Johnson down? Even his height. <laughs> Let me just check. What? So get a picture of him next to Giannis. Or how like how tall is Giannis? No, Giannis is definitely like almost seven foot. Oh shit! He well, he's listed at six nine. Magic yeah. listed. I, I thought, thought he was shorter. seven foot. Okay, I thought I was, he was a bit shorter. Okay. But I mean, credit to him. The fact that he was able to move that way and 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 and. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't seen many of Magic's highlights. I just know that for a long time and still to this day, he's Magic. He's Magic because he was larger than life. I don't think you can just compare them because uh, Magic's probably more traditional point guard. Um, Steph is... <sighs> yeah. I don't I, view I him as a saying. point guard. I see what you're saying. Like, I, I view Chris Paul as a point guard. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But if you talk about the best shooter or mm. the best you know, backcourt player, then Steph must be up there. I mean, I think if he stays healthy... By the time he's done, he's going to be breaking so he's many records. He's going to break so many yeah, scoring records. Yeah. And we just haven't had, we've never seen someone that can shoot like this. And these aren't spot up shots, right? This is just like. <laughs> these are tough, yeah. Tough anywhere shots, like bad <laughs> yeah. shots. According yeah. to P- PG, this, these are bad shots. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't race Steph. No. Um, okay, fine. Um, I think that's fair. There's apples and oranges, probably, like comparing Steph and yeah. Magic. I really for a long time didn't rate Steph because I felt that he changed the game so dramatically and so out of nowhere. I've never seen this before and I've been covering, not covering, I've been watching the NBA a lot. What's the secret job that you have? Yeah, I wish, I wish, sorry, I wish. I've been watching the NBA like a lot less than you have or, you know, a lot of people have. But I've never seen someone transform the NBA as great as Steph has, honestly. Because LeBron, I think, has has had kind of players similar to him in the past where they haven't been as impactful as LeBron or as marketable as LeBron. But LeBron isn't the first of his kind, really. There's been other 6'9", like, you know, power forward, small forward kind of guys that have had that kind of skill set. But haven't obviously had the full skill set LeBron has. LeBron is really great, obviously. But the way the league has shifted and the way the league has changed um, since Steph has just mastered the three-point shot, I think that has had a greater overall transformation of offense and defense on the league um, in a longer period of time than LeBron has. I, I think the way LeBron tr- transformed the NBA was just sort of like, hey, let's stop LeBron. But it wasn't... I think the way Steph has changed it is teams have literally all entire teams have literally changed the structure of the team to cater for a three point like a three point shooter or like an outside shot and having that inside outside game it, it i think steph has really revolutionized it and to to be fair Daryl Murray did start that before steph but steph was that was that missing piece that Daryl Murray never had and James Harden really would have been the best player of like in in that in this kind of new nba offense but Steph is just a better player than James Harden. So he really is that guy that perfected that system that Daryl Morey tried to engineer at first. And overall, we'll look back at this time and say Steph made an impact 
and he might just be one of the best top five players of all time when it's all said and done. Yeah, why not? I mean, he's got two MVPs. I'm, I'm top five. I'm, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think when it's all said and done, he's still a long way to go. Seriously, with the way he's like, he's got a sustainable kind of career. Steph, it's pretty special, and you know, with every championship or every finals trip, obviously that helps the, his legacy. It couldn't be more clear now yeah. that they don't need KD. And this is Steph's team as well. Like it's become more and more apparent. It's always been Steph's team, but you know, before we're like, "Wow, KD's playing so good. He's he's the best player, and he is the best player. He's the best player. Yeah, he's the sure. best player, right? Because you just give it to him and let him shoot however yeah. many. Yeah, he's shots the best he player for sure. Yeah. But the point is, you take away the best player, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think they're playing better. Honestly, the second best player. First of all, like Draymond's like he's like rejuvenated. He's yeah. Like, no KD. Yeah, exactly. He's running around. He's like running like a headless chicken. Yeah. Scared triple doubles. Which by the so, way, yeah, yeah, which sorry. by the way goes to show like I don't know what's happening between like KD and Draymond. I know like they say all the right things, but I think deep down, like Draymond prefers no KD. Yeah. I think for KD I think there's two ways to look at it. This team and the chemistry that they have, I think it's true. And I think KD respects all those guys, maybe except Draymond and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um and they could just say, Hey KD, you know, we've won three in a row now. Let's make it four. Let's let's make history. Let's let's do this. Just one more year. You got play option. Mm-hmm. You're still getting paid a lot of money. Just bring it one more year back. Like mm-hmm. you're still gonna get your money. You st- at thirty at age thirty one, you're still gonna get paid the big bucks. Just just come back for one more season. And you might just come back. Or the flip side, yes, this is a historic kind of free agency class. He kind of takes his opportunity to go to whatever team he wants to go to. And the reason is uh, because every, everything everyone's been saying, it's an asterisk. He's won these two um, two championships, but he's, he did it joining a 73-win team, uh, a team that beat them when they, were da- when they were up 3-1, and then he goes and joins them. Uh, you know, publicly, Draymond has gone out and said that this team doesn't need him. And they, <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> and, and they won without him. And yeah. they prove it. They they haven't lost a game since KD is out. And I think the They're entire time that KD has been here as a warrior, I think the rec- they've only lost like one game since he's you know, been out. It's insane. It's insane. And the system is so well built that it doesn't need... Like, KD is a luck. It is, it is beyond doubt that he's just... A, that he's just a luxury. This team doesn't need him to win championships. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Obviously, him being there makes them an unbeatable team. Like, I'm mean, not unbeatable, but like, when it's all said and done, they can just switch it on like that, and KD can just score fifty times, uh, shoot fifty times, and they're gonna win. People say, are they playing better? I think they're just playing differently without KD. Yeah, and it's not to say that ultimately the end result is they're they're gonna win either way. With KD, yeah. they'll win. Without KD, they'll win. Uh, with KD, they play one way. Without KD, they play a, a slightly different way. I'll say, even though like they've had KD for two years now, there is a familiarity within this team without KD, with Iguodala and whatever role play they want to bring in as the fifth player. Um, it, it seems like the ball movement is better. They're a bit less um, like ball hungry. Like whenever they got the like whenever any one of the shooters got the ball, they would just shoot it. Draymond would be the only hesitant one, but like, you know, if Steph gets it, he shoots it. KD gets it, he shoots it. Clay, and it feels like it becomes like, whose turn is it? Because they're all great players that they can just, they can just ignite offense whenever they want. But with KD out, it literally now becomes who is the best, who is the most open man and who's, and, and who's most open to shoot it. And, and like you said, with KD out, it kind of gives Draymond a bit more flexibility and freedom to run around the court and do everything, like passing it, rebounding it, shooting every once he kind of has that kind of free-flowing kind of uh 
Which clearly he likes. Yeah, it's his strength. That motivates strength. him, right? Yeah. Because this is his game now. Well, I mean, the Blazers battled hard, but I think they were just burnt burnt out, really, at the end of the day. It was a tough tough, tough series for them, really. Like, I mean, great, great journey. Uh, it's a great journey. Playoffs. I wish they would have won a game or two. Um, but regardless, I think... I mean, they, they, really had a, they had they a really fantastic run. They had. A they really could have won a one game or two. They they just burnt out at and they couldn't play four quarters basically. If you look at the 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 quarter by quarter scoring for some of the games, like you look at the Warriors, it's just it's just consistent, like twenty five points, twenty six points, twenty five points, twenty four points. And whereas like Portland would be like you know uh, twenty five, thirty nine, thirteen, it's like all over the place. So it's not like the Warriors are turning it on like the magical third quarter where they over, you know, they score 50 points. No, it's just like consistent. But whereas the the Blazers and other teams, they just don't, they can't uh, maintain that level of excellence. Also, yeah, I just feel like the kind of team offense, like the team structure, um, was built around just volume shooting around McCollum and Dame. And if they're inefficient, then it just affects because they're getting the most shots, and other guys aren't like you know Hood and Turner and and Seth Curry. They only get like maybe eight shots a game. If they're not making them as well, that's not it's not it's not their fault because they don't get as many shots. Yes, CJ and Dame might hit thirteen shots, but they're shooting like 25, 30 times a game. Um, so not very efficient, and also affects everyone else's efficiency because they don't get as many tries at you know warming up. Um, but did you hear the report that they're going to offer Dame the supermax? Yeah, like one hundred ninety-one mil. It's fine, isn't it? That's fine. Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. But obviously now, um, like, this is the team. This is it. It's CJ, it's Dame, it's Nurkic when he's healthy. Um, maybe Cantor, if they find a way to re-sign him, maybe not. Uh, Myers Leonard, sh- like, showed up. I mean, this dude looks like a... He's a fucking massive giant. He's a massive fucking... He looks like a, like, looks like a Greek god, seriously. He looks like he was sculpted. He, they took two of the Plummy brothers and, like, melded them together. Yeah, and like added more muscles to them. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I, at the end of the day, this team finished second in the West, and yeah. they have a good team, and they didn't. They went at full strength. Um, but it's gonna be hard for them to continue to build this team out because they really need one more piece. Whether maybe training for Anthony Davis is on the cards, I don't know how they do no, it. But nah. No, yeah. I think Abe's going to LA. He's not gonna like just like bounce around in like Portland. Well, but, it doesn't matter where he gets traded because it's a one year rental anyway. Like at at least it's a one year rental. He's gonna be playing for a team for one year because if especially if Kawhi resigns with the Raptors and we've seen Paul George uh, sign with the Thunder, this really would kind of give a lot of um you know credence to that strategy of trading for guys even though they have one year left on the contract. I'm telling you, that's playing Russian roulette. Yeah. Who wants to be the team that like literally give away everything and then end up with nothing? So, sometimes you gotta be, you gotta take risk. Our fa- like as fans, we want to take risks. But if you like, you want to be out of a job and like have to move your family, I'm not sure if people actually take those risks unless they feel like they're desperate and they know they're gone anyway, so they have to take that risk. Or you have enough clout to like if maybe saying like Greg Popovich. Do you oh, think yeah. Greg Popovich is going to not survive if he trades for Anthony Davis no, no, for no. one year? He, that's he's solid. He's yeah, solid. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or even Masai Jury. I think Masai Jury has enough clout. There's okay. There's one more series which is still going on. This is pathetic. These, this, is it? These, these two teams are the opposite of the Golden State Warriors. Oh, I see. I see. I mean, we have two great stars, Giannis and Kawhi, but I feel like they're just surrounded by like underperforming stars. 
like B's and C's kind of thing. You know, people that really play well in the regular season. Oh, actually, Middleton, I think, is playing pretty well. But Blitzo, he, he sucks. What's wrong with Blitzo? No, I think... He's terrible. I, I think you're right. It, it's a They have two A-plus stars, two A-plus a plus guys, um, but then a bunch of B's and C's. The Warriors are literally A-plus plus, A-plus, A, A-minus. Like, you, you can't compete with that at the end of the day. And... The Raptors and the Bucks supporting cast has not shown consistency to really step up to the... Like, I thought the Bucks would because game one and game two, their bench was was performing so well, a cohesive, cohesive unit, and the Raptors haven't. But then game three and game four come on at, at back in Toronto, and they just switch it on. You got you got guys all around. Marcus is like, finally decides to show up. So Jabaka... Just, just those two. Just those two. We just need those two. Like really, Kyle, yeah. Kyle's actually playing, like, fantastic. Kyle, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're right, Kyle. But, I mean, Kyle has been a consistent um, force in the playoffs so far. Obviously, Kawhi had a quieter game today, I think. Um, but it didn't matter because enough guys kind of stepped up to help, help shoulder the load, really. Because... Kawhi was limping. Like in the regular season, talk about the depth of the Raptors bench and even just the supporting cast in Milwaukee, they, they talk about how great they are. And they were really good. But then come playoff time, it's like, where the fuck are these people? I mean, Van Fleet? What, were Van Viet yeah, or Fleet or whatever his name shot. is? Yeah. Like, why, is he, why is he playing? Same with Stanley Green. Uh, this dude is a pretty good defender, but he misses a lot of wide-open shots. I, I, I don't know if it's the intensity or the pressure of the playoffs, but a lot of these knockdown three-point shooters that aren't named Stephen Clay uh, seem to be missing a lot of open shots. I think that's just how hard it is. That's how hard it is to, to make those shots in those type of situations. Yeah, especially when you're away as well. Like Everyone in, in the stadium is just like screaming down at you. I mean, Siakam's totally disappeared. He's like, where the fuck is uh, Mr. Spicy here? But having said that, this is tied at 2-2. And I think 2-2, maybe because it's a seventh game, but I I actually, I've checked out of this series, actually, because I just think it's inevitable the Warriors are going to win. I predicted that Toronto actually win the championship this year, which is not happening, but um, I still hope that Toronto can get to the, the finals. I mean, it's not going to be easy against the Bucks. And to be honest... The Bucks against the uh, the Warriors are is a more interesting series I than agree. the Raptors. I feel like the Raptors, at least the supporting cast, hasn't shown enough where they can compete with the Warriors for four, five, six, seven games. Yeah. Uh, at least with the Rapt, uh, at least with the Bucks, I feel that this is a team that's built perfectly around Giannis, mm. and it's up to Giannis to bring them over the edge. But with the Raptors, it feels like it's a bunch of talented players that can all create their own shot or or produce offense. Um, but they all defer to Kwai. So it's up to Kwai to defend, Kwai to initiate the offense, Kwai to make the shots. Um, <laughs> Kwai to get the rebound. Kawhi. But like with the Bucks, it's like Bucks are like, yeah, kind of built around Giannis, but Giannis um, relies on a bunch of other guys to hit open shots and stuff like that. I feel like that system is probably a better yeah, competitor against the Warriors than the Raptors. And Kawhi, like in recent two games, like Kawhi's uh, quads like acting up again, so he's sort of limping around. I don't think it's a serious injury because it's one of those long-term sort of injuries, right? Like niggling injuries. That yeah, just keeps, yeah, yeah. It just comes back, um, which is sort of interesting in the sense that, like, this is a real thing, right? Because in San Antonio, I think the the friction mm. was that they didn't really believe that it's like what's you should be healthy. Yeah. But clearly, after even resting this whole entire season, and then. Two seasons prior, or at least a season and a half prior, 
it's still sort of this reoccurring thing. That's something to look at. I mean, obviously no one's not going to pay him the max, but that is something to be wary about when you're choosing between KD, Kawhi, and Kyrie. They all do have question marks. Uh, KD is probably the most clean, but he's coming off an injury and he's 30 years old. He's the oldest. Kyrie obviously has leadership issues. And, and multiple surgeries. He's had probably like six surgeries. On That's those true. Teams. He is injury prone as well. But Kawhi yeah. is probably the most injury prone of all of them. Kawhi doesn't need to be like the the focal point, no. right? He doesn't yeah. need to be the go-to guy. He can be. If he has like some sort of injury, we're well, not injury, but just like health issues. Um, I don't think he wants to stay in Toronto with, with like knowing that physically he's not 100%. Because in Toronto, you, we see what, what is required. Basically, Kawhi has to do everything. And also this uh, is kind of other, the starting lineup of Raptors is aging. Like everyone is, I mean, Kyle Lowry isn't a spring chicken anymore. Serge is getting up there and has a lot of injuries. Marco Sol obviously is a veteran, of, you know, in his mid-30s at this point probably. Um, Danny Green's not not the same player probably. And to be honest, Danny Green's probably going to command a big contract because he's a knock, he's, he is a really good 3 and D guy. And I don't think the Raptors can afford him anyway or want to afford him. I like Danny uh, so Green. I think, I like him enough, but he's probably going to get like, you know, $15 million. So this team will have Kyle Lowry, Marc Gasol, Serge Ibaka, um, you know, a few guys like Powell and Van Fleet probably. And it's not enough. I don't think it's, it's no. not enough. Right? I mean, with with Leonard, this team is a uh, Eastern Conference contender. But without, Lowry, without Leonard, this team probably would still make the playoffs, I would say. I think they're probably sixth, seventh seed. In the East? They can still make the playoffs. I mean, obviously, Siakam would have to come back. Um, oh, yeah, Siakam too, obviously. Yeah, Siakam. So he's o- sort of the next star now, right? OG Anuobi. Is he even playing? Like, where's OJ? I, I think he's injured. I think he's out. He had a really good series against LeBron. Like, he guarded LeBron a few times and was fairly successful. Not fully, but, you know. And what the hell is okay. happening with Jeremy Lin? Why isn't Jeremy Lin playing? I mean, yeah. surely he's playing better than, uh, what's it called, the uh, yeah, Van I Fleet. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Nick Nurse has just kind of chosen his rotation and he just has to trust his, his rotation no matter what at this point. You know, they lost two games in a row. They won two games now. So let's see where it goes. It's best out of three. Um, I, I still got the I got the Bucks winning. No, I, I, got, I had the Sixers winning. <laughs> but Oh, my God. They lost so long ago, I can't even remember. I don't even hey, remember. Hey, they lost some games. Oh, my God. On, uh, like a historic buzzer beater. I'm actually looking at the bracket right now. We are tied up because uh, you guessed the Warriors and Blazers. Uh, hey, you man, the, that's skill, not guess. Well, you picked, the war, you picked the Rockets to advance, and you picked the Rockets to beat the Blazers 4-2. So, you pick, so you're wrong no matter what. I... I picked uh, the Warriors and whatever, the Thunder, I guess. But mm. I picked the Warriors to put in five. Warriors one and four. So I got a point for that. So we're tied up on 15-15. Well, you picked the Raptors to win. So if the Raptors win in six, then you probably win the competition because you get two points for that. I feel like you should be penalized for choosing the Sixers. Mm. <laughs> That's like yeah, well, the worst You should be penalized for choosing the Rockets. They were the favorite. They should well, have they won. Lost, they lost in the same round as the Sixers. Oh my god, that's depressing. Now that I think about it, that's depressing. <laughs> I feel like the Rockets lost a long time ago now. They I, did I lose a long time ago. And I, it was I can't remember a time when the Rockets were in the playoffs anymore. Like, surely they could have pushed them to seven games. They didn't even do that. No, they should have. Mine is Durant. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Especially in that, in that fifth in game four, or whatever it was, when Durant was out. And there was like a tied score, or whatever. It was like a really close score. 
and they couldn't win in that game when they were kind of like scrambling. Um, I mean, obviously the Warriors weren't. They were just a well-oiled machine. But you would think losing your best player would kind of rattle, rattle you a bit. But no, the Warriors are just so... Like, they're locked in. They know what to do. Um, and I mean that, like I said before, it's credit to Steve Kerr and kind of coaching this team up. So next time we talk, it's... I don't even think the next... It'll be... Obviously, we'll hear more from the Lakers. Probably Jeannie Buss might... Might make an appearance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on first take. That'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next week, our plan is to talk about the NBA Finals. But as we know, we might just end up talking about Lakers again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's still a lot. So the Finals will begin, I think, sometime in the beginning of June. And then we've got the awards coming up on 22nd of June, I think. And then a week later, it's the beginning of free agency. Oh boy. So, I yeah. Mean, the NBA doesn't end really. Like, oh, and then there's a draft, obviously. I don't know when the draft is exactly, but you know, you got free agency, then you got the draft. Please tweet us at your FPFP. Until next time. See ya. Bye. You sigh, the song begins. You speak, and I hear violins. It's Stars desert the skies and rush to nestle in your eyes. It's magic without a golden wand or mystic charms. Fantastic things. You've been listening to your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at yourfpfp.